Welcome back to DMC Podcast, Season 2, Episode 17. And in today's episode, we're actually doing it in person. So it's been a long time, Joseph. How are you feeling about it? I'm a bit nervous, I'll be honest. I mean, it, it's been it's weird, because like, I'm used to seeing you over the over the, the, the computer screen. Yeah. Or we're not even seeing you. When we record, we don't have the camera turned on. Yeah. So I'm looking at it. We used to, and then it's like, because of my PC now, isn't it? I, yeah. don't, I don't have a webcam, so I need to sort that out. So I'm looking, I look at a big M. For Manny, when I'm on the screen, and now I just see the big MS23 in front of me. It's actually, it's different, man, but it it's feels, nice. It, I like it. it. Feels, I, I'm, I'm quite excited to see how it goes and how we continue like this, because you're round about the area, you're not too far from exactly. me. So it's, like, it's always nice just to jump in, have a chat before, like before we just chill for like an hour. Yeah, exactly, man. Then we just got the podcast going, it's just good vibes. It hasn't, we haven't done this for how many, so we've done episode 17, season one was 52 episodes. We haven't done this since... Fifty-five weeks. Fifty-five. Well, March. Mental, we were in March twenty twenty. Oh, fifty-five weeks. Because yeah. we had that. We had a bit of a break oh, yeah, as well. We did, so we're yeah. in March twenty twenty. So basically, a year and a half. We haven't recorded in, in person. person. Even last week, when we actually could have been together, we had to do some logistical issues. We did it online again. Man, it's just, but I, I now was, it's actually. I here. was ill, and then I was fine. Then I'm ill today, which is annoying. But I feel like I'm better. My we're voice troop, sounds so better. We're, we're trooping through. We're trooping no, through. Literally. And it also feels like com- more conversational, like this. I like it. it. I can see body language and I can see just like that. Yeah. I'm using lots of hand gestures because I'm part Italian and I do that anyway. I love this. I love the <laughs> mamma mia kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it's just different, man. And it's nice to see your face cause, uh, in person as well because it's been a long time. It right? has, it has it been has, a while. It's like, I remember you with your little headphones on. Oh, my headset, and, the game and stuff. Yeah. Bro, I remember like the early episodes when, when, when we were out of the recording studio and I didn't have a headset, the audio quality. I just want to apologise for anyone who managed to put themselves through listening to my audio for the first six weeks of the podcast because it was diabolical, man. It was rough. So, you know... Nowadays, I got the headset, making it work. We made it work. We made it work. Then we'll see how today's one goes. We just test it out. See, it sounds decent to be fair. Hopefully, it should be good. So hopefully, it sounds better than we think it will on the post editing. (laughs) But yeah, so today's episode actually um, inspired by uh, someone, a viewer, and also a conversation I had like last week. It's just about morality and ethics, and it's just something that someone asked me because we were talking about religion and stuff, and they're like, "So where your morals come from?" And it was just an interesting question, and. That's kind of where I want to start off the podcast okay. in today's episode. It's like, where do you get your morals from? I, I got them a lot from my parents. Both good and bad morals, I'm going to be honest. You know, we'll talk a little bit later on about the grey areas that I particularly see that Manny sees as non-negotiable. For me, those are grey areas. But I think that comes from my parents raising me and they're, the way they see things, the way they they were brought up as well. You know, my my dad's side particularly is from quite a poor background and so they're quite from like uh, a hustle background you know just earn everything and cheat the system in any way you can and stuff like that and unfortunately the rat race kind of vibe but that's kind of I I get it from but not necessarily all bad you know I'm not saying my my morals are down the drain but also primary school I remember primary school was a big one because my head teacher, she had a lot of interaction with the kid, with the, the younger kids and the younger year groups. And teachers, you know, I don't think, I haven't really forgotten any of my teachers from primary school because they were there to shape each year that I was growing up, you know. A whole year when you're seven years old is one seventh of your life, you know. Exactly. So that's a big portion of, course. At that, of time at that point. So that, spending a lot of time with the teacher, you kind of get ingrained those morals as well from that. I would say it's, it's, less impacted by my friends than I might think you know they have less of an impact but I know some people may have a lot like yourself man you might 
be so far friends. Is that the case? I don't know. Like I think uh, for me, it's uh, upbringing as well, massive one. Like I don't. I well, I have to admit, when I was young, I was scared of my parents to an extent. Scared? No, I, I don't want to say scared of my parents, <laughs> but it's like you're not intimidated. But it's like you didn't want to do something bad because yeah. you knew the, the consequences and you didn't want them to feel like you, you, a certain way. You placed them on a pedestal. Yeah, but they're your course. parents, so they deserve yeah, to be. Exactly. But I know what you mean. But it's, it's just one of those things when that was the case for me. It was like, well, then I can't do certain things. Or I, I know I shouldn't do them anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not allowed, so I just never really ventured out there. Mm-hmm. And um, that's probably, that kind of imaginary box is probably a reason why I kind of just didn't really, like, break out of the moral compass that I feel like I have to this day which is surprisingly still very strict your, your, your moral yeah. compass is good Manny uh, I, I respect you for it Manny, like, massively it's just yeah I don't know it's just I don't know uh, maybe for me it's also like, I feel worried I'm worried about other people even yeah. if I don't know them like yeah. if something happens to them it's, I don't know I feel like it's not kind of on me but it's the like, social accountability is like if I'm present and there's something happening to someone that isn't good mm-hmm. I feel like me doing nothing is just I'm at fault yeah and it's just, yeah, it's just, it's weird. But I would say parents played a big influence. I don't know if my morals necessarily come from the law, but I feel like the law to an extent is used for like certain things which I consider that are oh, supposed to be good or bad. Yeah. So I feel like the law plays a big part for me because I just don't like doing stuff. Illegal that. stuff. Yeah, it's weird though because people are like, oh, but you, did you download music? But it's one of those <laughs> ones where it's like, yo, like, you're outing me for that. But I know the whole world did it. YouTube, YouTube, MP3 converter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I remember listening to like, and then on Blackberry, do you have a Blackberry? No, I don't. So I used to have a Blackberry, and I used to, when you play music on your phone, it showed people what you were listening to. And I remember seeing the titles of the songs. It was never like Justin Bieber, baby. It was like Justin underscore Bieber underscore ripped underscore MP3 7845671. Because you just know someone downloaded it from yeah. YouTube to MP3 converter. Yeah. And you could just see that. But um, did your parents ever do this thing when. They, they told you something was illegal, even though it wasn't, just to make sure you didn't do it. Like, let me, let me give you an example. You know, the, my parents told me that it's illegal to turn the light on in the back of the car. Bro, the don't even. Don't even, because I've been there. I told, I told someone, um, I think two, three years ago, I might have said it to someone, yeah. they're like, that's not true, bro. Yeah. I said, what do you mean that's you, not true? So you, wait, you believed it until you are 16? No, nah, probably like 17, maybe 18. Mad, Okay. Yeah, uh, someone told me it wasn't true and I thought they were lying to me. Yeah. I said, like, you've lied to me. Why are you lying to me? <laughs> like, it's not even funny at this point. I'm not turning the light on. Because they're like, turn the light on. I need to get something from the car. I said, you can't do that. I'll get my flashlight on. Yeah. I got my flashlight on, bro. You on use your phone. flash on your phone yeah. instead of Andy just flicking the yeah, light on the car. Yeah, like that. Oh, that's clown behaviour. But is that actually, so it's is not it? illegal. It's so not why, illegal. Why do people say that? So your parents tell you it's illegal because when you're a kid, you get told that the law is like there's a big, big thing watching over no, you. No, of course. And you like, what's the it? significance? Like not being able to turn light on. Like, so it, how does it distract the driver if they're still looking? It's a bit of glare. Like, there's a little oh. bit of glare. But in order for your parent, in, at least in my opinion, in my experience, in order for my dad to get me to stop doing it, he would have to back up his reasoning by saying Joseph, it's illegal to do that. I wouldn't listen. I get to, that though. I wouldn't listen to just him. I wouldn't listen to him saying, "Joseph, don't turn the light on." It, 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 and then he would give me reasonings as to why not. And I'll still question it because I was an annoying little seven-year-old. I'll be like, "Oh, but Dad, I want to read this in the back of the car." I'll be annoying. Whereas if he, if he, instead of trying to reason with me at seven years old, yeah. he's told me it's illegal. That was the end of the conversation. I was like, "Oh, it's illegal," ah! yeah. and I wouldn't do it. Yeah. So, but I don't know. It's like one of those ones where I know uh, at school the teacher like, "Oh, do you?" There was a kid. 
Five years. It's always significant the oh number of years. Oh my god. Because you weren't at the school when it happened. <laughs> yeah. I love not these stories. You wouldn't be at the school when it happened and it was like, oh, this person, um, they um, were like leaning back on their chair and they broke their, their head. Yeah, they broke their neck or yeah, they broke you know their what leg. Oh, but, well, how old are you? They will find out what year in year seven. Oh, it happened like three, two years ago, the person, or like, let's say five years ago, so like, oh, this person moved on, now yeah, they're not in the school, yeah, they're not in the school and they're going to sixth form, you, know, you can't communicate, can't exactly, you can't contact, you can't, you can't, you, can't, you, can't, you, can't, you, can't, you ask for names, no fact checks, yeah, exactly, no fact checks, yeah, you can't do that, no, 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 but I feel like, see, that's, obviously that's less from morals, more like, that's talking about rules no, now, of course, following like, regulations, yeah. but in the same way, I think the law does play a big part in your morals, because it teaches you, this is a set of rules and guidelines that if you follow you'll be a good person in the eyes of the law. Yeah. And that, that key term there, good person, is what makes morals important. Because you want to be morally a good person. If you're morally a good person, you'll live a good life, you'll live a happy life. If you're religious, it means you'll go to heaven or have a chance of you know benefits in the afterlife and following and you know being re- reincarnated well. always like, and when you like think about it, the kind of key word you said there was benefits. And you mm. notice that we're like, all these rules, regulations or laws are like, the, the kind of things that you're giving to you, some of the benefits, you don't really notice that they are reaped in the present, but they're normally considered in the future. Mm-hmm. So for example, religious ones, like you said, heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. And it's like heaven is a benefit, but it's in the future. It's something that we don't, it's, it's intangible, we don't actually know about. We hope that's the case. And I feel like the hope there, that factor is a massive one towards why people stay and can try their best to be a good person now. But it's very easy to overlook the fact that you being a good person now has massive benefits to you now as a person. Mm-hmm. Like the return on investment is stupidly high, but you never like take into consideration. I love how many says return on investment. I, I love when he said. I love when he said that because I know he's thinking about crypto. I know he's about crypto and stocks. People just say all right quite a lot, so I'm just used to it now. Yeah, fair enough. I love. I love that. Like. You never really like. Do you do you like think to yourself me like if you do like being who you are as a person like a good person? Mm-hmm. Does that really like play a part in terms of like? Do you feel like you're reaping the benefits now? You don't really deep it, do you? I don't really deep exactly. it. Exactly. I just live my life kind of. Yeah, thing. but you there'll be moments in time where you think to yourself, oh, it's because you might not think consciously it's because of who you are as a person. Mm. But it definitely plays a part. You know what I mean? I reckon yeah, it could. It, later on in life, it could play a part. Just right now, I'm just kind of vibing with it and just trying to just go on as normal but I guess thinking about what do you return on investment you said yeah yeah think about return returning on investment if you're a good person now good things will happen to you later exactly. and stuff like that is that delayed gratification delayed gra- thing yeah. is delayed gratification is the best one because it builds up and you do a lot of di- lot of maybe small things that bigs it leads into one big gratification leads into one big benefit but I guess it's not really if we're talking about the law here and the law providing a set of morals we're not law-abiding citizens because of the benefit it brings, we're law-abiding citizens to avoid the punishment that it brings, I think, at least. No, of course. I, I think, think the, ne- the negative connotations have to be stronger than the positive ones. Yeah, yeah. Because then no one would follow the law. Yeah, genuinely. But, like, the, the, you don't get rewarded for being a good citizen. You get you get punished for being a bad one. And yes. I think that's what keeps people in check. Well, most people in check, you know, they want to be... I think there's a benefit, like, in the sense that, though, if you talk about the one benefit that you don't really think about, it's like, whenever you go for jobs, and yeah. they're like, have you committed something? That's true. That is a benefit. That is true. But you never think of that. When you think of stuff, you think about, oh, going to prison. There's a lot of things that they do to deter you from doing it. That's true. Like, deterrence. Like, deterrence. And it's like, um, if you're speeding, like, over 10% of the... Um, 
what's it called? If you're speeding over the like speed limit by over ten percent, so if you're like thirty five miles per hour on a thirty road, you go to speeding class. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, no one wants to go there. <laughs> Everyone hates this that half an hour to an hour conversation about yeah. you shouldn't speed. This is why. Then you get a little bit of a quiz at the end or whatever it is. It's stuff like that. People can't be bothered for that, so they're better off just sticking to the speed limit. And mm-hmm. then they also don't want points on their driving license. That's true. That's a different ball game as well. Yeah, points. On, I mean, I, I don't drive, so I can't Same. really experience it. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like until I get a speeding ticket, I don't like to say that I'm gonna be complacent on the roads and really reckless. But until I get that punishment, I'm probably not gonna be as strict on myself. Just instinctively, I know that I won't be. I learn a lot from experience. And so when something goes, so you're bomb at sixty on the yeah, you're bomb at sixty down no. like some country lane. Come on, no, but like I, what I'm saying is that I learn from experience. So when something goes wrong, that's when I start to understand the ramifications of my actions, rather than someone telling me, "Oh, if you do this, this will happen. If you don't do this, this will happen." Kind of thing. You don't feel that's risky because like your morals. Oh, then, absolutely. Your morals are con- like constantly being built upon experience. Absolutely, it is. it's a, it's not a good thing at all. But that's unfortunately that's the way I'm I'm hardwired. Like yeah. if someone tells me something, I'll believe them. Hundred percent, I'll believe them, and I'll try and stick to it. But I won't be as harshly sticking to it until I experience it myself, which is bad because it means that I have to put myself through pun like through being quote unquote punished. Yeah, of for whatever reason it may be, you know, say if I have an argument with someone and a short a shortcoming on my side of things, I I could create an argument there. Because I had to experience it rather than them telling me something and I believe them or I understand what they're saying. Whereas if I need to experience it, I'll have to go through the whole trial by fire kind of thing. Yeah. But I think we get a bit off topic from morals here, but hopefully people listening can no, understand what we're going for. I think it's interesting that like you use your experiences yeah. to like shape your morals because to an extent, that's kind of... Despite the fact that you obviously taught certain things, I feel like you should have a baseline fundamentals. Mm. But I think over time, there's certain things where it lies in the balance of is it immoral for you or is it immoral just in general? Yeah, that's a good point. And I think there's there's that kind of fine line where you need to identify that for yourself with the experiences you had or the things that you see in other people. The observations yeah. you make are the reason why something might be deemed immoral even if it isn't. So like know. like personal morals yeah. are, are different to like a generic rule oh, of, of a rule book. Yeah. So I I've got a little question here for you, Manny. Today I went out I was out playing tennis today and me and my friend were playing tennis and we had some tennis balls and there was one tennis ball that was left by itself with no one there that was there before we got there and there was no one around and it was just lying on the side of the court. And I and I took the tennis ball because it didn't have an owner. It didn't belong to anyone. But would where would you stand on that? Would you take that tennis ball? or Because I, I only had two tennis balls. I was like, a third one would be really useful to have. But what if this person comes back for the ball didn't even cross my mind. Because they'd left it there and it was on the side of the court. No one's touching it. No one's coming around for it. Nothing would happen to me if I take this tennis ball. But would you stop yourself, Manny? What would you do in that situation? I, I, I don't know. Part of me wouldn't pick it up. But part of me understands why you would. Because yeah. it's like... If you know that no one's going to come back, or like, if it's been there for like a few days, like, let's say for example you went test today, and then you went on Friday. Yeah. And then, yeah, so then it's still there. Then I kind of understand at that point, mm-hmm. take it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's been like 48 to 72, it might even be longer than like that. Exactly, it could have been there for ages. Exactly, but it's just, I don't know, like, I feel like, especially like, because you own already two. Yeah. 
That's I, a good point. That I is also a good point. I don't see the reason why you need like a, a third, third one. one if you're only playing tennis and you haven't like if you lost one or like lost both of them and there was only one left. Fair enough. Replacement. Like, Swap yeah. it like for like. Yeah, but like the other like because you had two already didn't. I don't know. For me, it just isn't. It's a weird one because it's like I, like how you phrase it. I get why you would go for it. Yeah. But a part of me is like. Because it normally when you go to goals, there's like footballs in the back. Yeah. And I, my mates take them, but I, I never take it because it's like... So why do you not... What, what do you think differentiates you from not wanting to take it? Even though someone's discarded it, someone's not using it anymore. Like The other day, I found a football, really good football, perfectly good quality, Champions League ball, underneath the car. And I took it. I was like, yo, this is this is sick. I'm gassed. But some people wouldn't take the ten- the football. And you just mentioned I'd that just your mates it. do it and you don't. Why, I'd why rather do you- just like, buy my own ball. Well, then if you can get it for free, why wouldn't you? I what, suppose what goes it, on it, in your depends, mind? it depends. I don't know. Like, for me, it's just that like, I, I like to... I, I, like to not, I don't want to say I like to own my own stuff, but I like to know it's mine. Okay. And it, I don't know what that is, like why that's the case, but it just feels like... I don't know, like, um, if I, because I've obviously worked this year, like we did now we're back at uni, mm-hmm. um, I've worked this year, so I use my own money that I earned to pay for something, mm-hmm. it's a lot more gratifying than just grabbing something that someone else, and you don't know where, also it's a hygiene thing as well for me, <laughs> you don't know where it's gone bro, that's true, you know where that's that a hygiene, been. yeah, exactly, it's a hygiene thing for me as well, yeah, yeah, and also there might be a reason someone discarded it yeah. that you don't know, yeah, so I guess, yeah, the uncertainty, I think hygiene as well plays a big factor for me, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, when it comes to hygiene, in a not in. A, I'm not trying to out myself as some disgusting like flipping. There's hand sanitizer behind oh, you. Fuck, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> not trying to out myself as some disgusting kind of kind of guy, but like in terms of when it comes to like thinking about the hygiene of a football, that doesn't even cross my mind. I'm like, yo, that football's kind of pain. I need that football. Oh, and so yeah, I'll no go. Way. I'll go. I'll go in for it. But I know some people. A certain friend of ours who you might know just has complete like. He wouldn't do that at all whatsoever. He wouldn't do anything to do with that or anything to do with, you know, stealing or even borrowing for a longer period of time. Uh, I don't know if that would be him, but... Bor- uh, no, let's talk about this borrowing for a long period of oh, time. I want to hear about this. Okay. What is this? It permanently be- borrowing. Stealing and... Yeah, oh, permanently borrowing. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's all I needed to hear. No, no. But when you borrow something, you have the intention of giving it back. So... I always, like, say say if I, I don't know, I never borrow money from a friend because I don't like being in debt to someone. Or if I borrow, say if, say if for example, my girlfriend pays for the shopping because I haven't got my card on me, uh, I send her half there and then from bank transfer. Or she'd do the exact same. Just so we know that we're even and we're not like, you know, no one's in debt to anybody or something like that. You don't that. like leverage. I don't like leverage. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like someone having leverage similar. over me. I don't like having leverage over somebody else yeah. kind of thing. So I, I, I like... That. I like things being even like that, but it's it, it just comes back to just making sure no one's got anything above you, and I guess that could, again, hark back to how I was raised by my parents, you know, how my dad and my mum was raised when they didn't have quite as much. They didn't want anyone to have any. They didn't want to owe someone anything. Do you feel know like something is. like that plays a part in your morals, though? Because, like, mm. even though, like, it doesn't sound like it's related to morals, do you feel like it still has an impact on them? I think it I think it does have an impact because you can use that as a guideline to be like, okay, well, I really don't like someone having leverage over me. And that means, say, if, I don't know, I've got... Uh, that In the tennis ball situation, in terms of whether you think taking it makes you a good or a bad person, if you see someone who's got zero tennis balls and you've already got two, there's a third one here chilling, even though I might want that third tennis ball, my morals might say, this person wants it more, kind of thing. This And that might... 
then help develop. Because then, I, if they if they've got three and I give them another one, they would have leverage over me because they have more tennis balls oh, than I do. Yeah. And that's quite a tribal way of looking at things. Like, oh, this person has more unga bunga kind of thing, you know, caveman instincts kind of thing. But yeah, I think that's that's the way at least I, I would see it. But moving on, I was going to say we spoke about religion a little bit. We spoke about the law. Do religious morals supersede those of the law? And I, I don't, I'm pretty, I'm not sure if you're a religious person, but I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, so it's like, are both of us kind of having a perspective on this going to be a bit interesting? Cause I th- yeah, so I, I'm not religious whatsoever, mm. but I know quite a few people who are very, very religious, and they place the word of God, or whichever God they believe in, or anyone, any deity, over the word of the law, and they would prioritize sticking to the rules of the religion more so than the rules of the law. Obviously, they wouldn't go out and break laws and there'll still be a law-abiding citizen but when it comes down to it they depict between the two at least from my observation in terms of my friends who are very religious people they would use the words of the holy book of their choice to guide them then you think it overlaps with the actual law i think so i think yeah. inherently being a good person is what all things come down to all words of the law comes down to being inherently a good person words of a given holy book means comes down to being a good person and stuff like that but then there's some things in holy books that nowadays are debatable such as uh, christianity's view on being homosexual and stuff like that those things are outdated now but some people are stuck so much to that they refuse to change and they refuse to acknowledge that well that holy book was written 2000 years ago when people didn't understand that being homosexual wasn't wasn't like a mental disorder or anything like that and that's when it was written and that's the context of which it was written so personally given that i'm a non-religious person i'm kind of biased to think that that's just a a silly way of looking at things really believing a book that was written 2000 years ago but then i can also understand that 2000 years ago it's still the same world that we live in nowadays it's still the same planet with the same general rule of good and bad yeah i think um context needs to be like used especially if you open things way too much into interpretation mm. and you try to generalize everything, I think it's very difficult. Yeah. So like follow the uh, the like religious texts and continue life like that because mm-hmm. it's like if, if you open it to interpretation, it can take you anywhere. But like if you're strict with it, but also understand that we've moved past that kind of era where things are very much different. If you're able to contextualize what's in in those religious texts and use them today, I don't think there's a lot of bad you can get from them really yeah, yeah i think i think like love thy neighbor and when you follow things like that that's very similar like it's not it's not necessarily a law love thy neighbor that kind of sense like it, the, the equivalent to that in law is not really there but it's like a rule like that is very useful because it's like at least you have like a baseline respect fundamentally for everyone around you mm-hmm. and it's stuff like that where i can understand where people may think that religious morals supersede that of the law, but I think they overlap most times and not. Yeah. So then there isn't necessarily one being on top of another or one working the same way or one opposing the other. It's not very much the case. Obviously, I'm also talking from a background of someone who's not very religious either, so mm-hmm. it's quite hard to say if they do conflict. But if anyone does have like any opposing views, feel free to message us on Instagram because... It's quite interesting because there's a lot of people who know that there's conflicting views and then they side on one side or another. If anyone has any examples, we'd love to hear it. So, 
Yeah, give definitely. us a shout on Instagram at the official DMC podcast. Yeah, we'd love to hear from people, and maybe we've missed a trick here on not getting someone with us who yeah. is all religious, yeah. because that could be a really interesting topic in all in itself, and talking about, you know, that that kind of those beliefs and how they may contradict the law or may conflict with the law. But I I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of there's a lot of overlap. I know in in Islam when it when they're talking about murder. Um, it's, I think there's a saying, I don't know if it's completely right, so, sorry, apologies if I butcher this, but it's, a saying kind of goes, if a man murders his brother, it, it is as if he's murdered all of mankind, basically saying that you must treat everyone, obviously, don't kill people, is the main thing there, but it's, it's a complete betrayal of humanity if you, you know, take another person's life yeah. kind of thing, and that, that, obviously, that is, again, agreeing with the law, which gives you proper, pu- proper punishments, given those level of the crime that has been you know been committed but yeah i think like we've we've talked about quite a few things uh and i kind of i kind of think we need to mention one more thing which we kind of touched upon which was about you know we've mentioned parents um and how they've influenced us you know i talked about that that's where i get most of my morals from and manny's also echoes a similar sentiment but do you do you think that are you shaped by morals of those who surround you? Do you think your morals have been influenced by your friends and your peers, for example? Or do you think by the time you've started to reach that stage where you're able to be impressioned by your friends, you've already got your set of morals ingrained? I feel like it's more of the latter. Like, for me, it's... My friends have, like, their own morals and things that they deem are correct and incorrect. And it's like, I've been raised and I've been brought up a certain way where... For me, like your morals should be something that fundamentally are to you and mm-hmm. what you believe in. As much as they like might be influenced by people around you, for the most part, it's normally your upbringing that plays a massive factor. And then from there, you kind of extrapolate your morals. Like you're given a <laughs> baseline, and they say, "Oh, if you had a scenario like this, what would you do?" But it would never. But I don't really see myself getting influenced by my mates like that. Yeah, I've never been feel like I'm that kind of person. Yeah, much like to be influenced by them, but. Don't get me wrong, there's been times where we've had conversations and it's they've given a new perspective. Yeah. And it sometimes it does change my morals or opinions from time to time, but for the most part it's more of a I have my own baseline, I've used it to like predict or forecast what onto other things which I feel might be relevant now as a as a, as I get older. But for the most part I I don't really see that as a people playing a massive factor, like friends especially. Because yeah. I feel like you have like a baseline already and it's just they're like the cherry on top. It just kind of changes a little bit, but not a lot. What yeah. do you think? Well, I think when, when you get, say, when we go to uni, we've surrounded ourselves with people who are generally similar to ourselves. You know, yeah, we surround course. ourselves with people who would hopefully share the same set of morals and the same set of ethics and, you know, per- perceptions of life and stuff like that. So even if our friends did influence us, they would just be rather than influencing us one way or another they'll simply be reinforcing, reinforcing what's already there exactly because we all share a similar amount of morals we've still been brought up the same way and hopefully in a positive way yeah there may be fluctuations here i may see a gray area where people may see a complete barrier like i don't personally think that stealing from a corporation is wrong I don't think, say if, um, we're going to move on to this in just a moment, when we pose ourselves some moral dilemmas, but say if a company, you go to Tesco or whatever, and someone, you pay for something in cash, and they give you your change, and they give you £2 extra, for example. Some people would 
be like, oh, you gave me too much, you gave me two pounds too much, here you go, here's it back. I absolutely would not do that. I would. Uh, it, it, it I would, love your face that uh, you did that. I, uh, <laughs> I love about the podcast. I look Manny in the eye. I was like, I would I not do that. that. I would smile. I just like, wouldn't because yeah. for me, that's a company. That's a multi-billion-pound company. Who I don't know. For me, I don't. The thing is, you you think about it way too macro. Okay. For me, it's like I'm doing the personal. Forget the company. Okay. It's the interaction. But then how it doesn't you... seem right in the interaction. Like the person working has made a genuine mistake. Yeah. And it's only right to correct them. But then because it's their mistake. But you're ultimately. correcting their mistake, but you're losing out. You're losing Maybe. two pounds at their mistake. Yeah, but to be honest, you you're that's under the assumption that everyone would make the same mistake every time. That no is one. True. The truth is, no one would ever make that mistake, and if it did happen. You're only saying you're losing out because you got overcompensated. That is true. Actually. So you will never get compensated. You never. You never. a situation you lose out unless the person messed up. You're never losing out. You're just simply not gaining. Exactly. You're never not gaining. You're, you're never like gaining because the yeah. truth is that there'll always be a scenario. Then like it might happen like multiple times, potentially. But for the most part, the 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 thing is, if you give someone cash, they normally give you the correct change. So they do. You're never going to be like, oh, give me another two pound. Yeah. yeah, what are you talking about? You don't need another two pounds. You've got your 50p, that's all you need. You don't need 250. So I don't see it as a loss because it's like, that's there was true. nothing to be gained there anyway because they overcompensated. But then, uh, I see what you're saying. I think I feel like when it comes to these these areas, I sell myself a narrative in which I believe my own opinions and I yeah. try and convince myself, whereas Manny's just like, nah, straight up, this is this is what's right, this is what's right. I just feel like it's your hard... Like, I understand the corporation part, yeah. fair enough, innit? I'm not, massive, into, I'm not impacting company. a person, that's no, the way... No, of course, that's but I see it as, like, I'm not... I've lied to someone. I don't really care. Oh, okay, fair. I don't really but care for me, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to lie to someone. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, there's been times where, like, I might have walked out the shop and then I've obviously got home and then I've noticed. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, I'm At ready. that point... At that point, I'm not going back. Inconvenience. Yeah, of course. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like, if I was there and I noticed it, I'd probably tell them. Okay. But it's one of those things where it's like, if I've got home and I'm looking at my receipt or like, I take a look at the change and I'm like, oh, they gave me too much. Yeah. Um, and stuff. That Then I'd understand. But like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a hard one. Again, that's, that's similar to... About how we're brought up, because I know I have seen my mum do the exact same thing. Not in like she just took money from a cashier, but like say if if. Um, but how have you like meant? How have you done the mental like gymnastics to work out that like, you got getting extra change and you leave? Because I can see an extra two pound there. No, but obviously that's a bit easy. But like, let's say for example, you get like an extra ten p. Like, okay, what's your threshold? Because I can kind of understand that. <laughs> my threshold. Like for example, if someone gives you an extra ten p. Yeah. I kind of would understand if you just said, okay, cool. Yeah, because it's 10p. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But then, but then, but then, like, but then, but then, the principle for you, goes out the window. But then for you, Manny, yeah, the principle, this still, well, it's still a matter of principle. Yeah. Why, why would 10p not make a difference to you, but £2 would? No, I'm saying for you. Like, for me, for I me, understand. Like, if, even if it is 10p, just give it back. Really? Because it's nothing. Like you said, either way, the exchanges, you said to, you said to, you just said, it's 10p. It's yeah. barely anything. Yeah. So, I'll so take it. it should be the other round. If it's barely anything, just give back then. Yeah, but if it's barely anything, why can't I give it back? No, but why can't you? If it's barely anything. Because I, I, I want my 10p. You're, you're using your argument. The argument you're using is valid for both sides. Yeah, that's true. It's not relevant. 10p, it means it's insignificant to you. It's insignificant. And it's insignificant to them. Yeah. So then to be honest, the middle ground is to put it into, the, into no, man's, no man's land, but there's no equivalent of that. Dash on the ground. Dash on the ground. Okay, what do you think about this then? Say if they, they give you the £2 extra, when you came in, you saw a homeless person... 
would you then take the £2 and give it to the homeless person? Because then that's someone who actually needs it. Then would that make a difference to you, Manny? Because I did that once. I got, I got £1 extra, gave it to a homeless person on my way home. I'm not trying to say this to be like, oh, I'm a big man, no, I gave up. But, but of then, course. But that, that's what happened. I was like, well, I just got nice. That makes that's sense. That's the universe. That, that isn't, I get that, but then it's like... But you're still lying to that person, but then you're also helping out a stranger. I feel like it's one of those, of those it's a balancing act. Like, what do you value mm, more? That's true. What do you value more, Manny? I'd like to know. I think that's a tough one. I think, <laughs> I think I've, I'm on my way home already, and I know I've got extra money, and I see someone, then I give it to them. Okay. But it's not like... If I'm there and they're giving me extra, then and you're just there, yeah. and instinct- in the moment, so instinctively just, you think you you would just give. It I, I like to think so. We don't know. We can test it out. We'll go test, we'll, we'll test it later. Yeah, is it, we have to rely on them giving us the wrong change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just literally ask for like a pound extra. <laughs> but I just think um, it's just one of those things where you have an assumption on who what you'd think you do. But I can't remember being in a scenario. I've been in a scenario where someone's giving me more change. I've given it back. Okay. But I can't remember like many of those I've had because to be fair. People don't. People normally have their maths on point, and they use they the ca- cashier over the counter, and then they know what to do because they have numbers given to them. Do you know what one of my friends does? So if we're talking about this change, this spare change, this extra change thing, one of my friends would overthink it so much that he could try and find a way to reason as to how it could impact an individual. Because my whole thing there is that fuck the corporations. I'm not impacting a single person. He tells himself the opposite narrative as to how it could be impacting a single person. He would then. Think, overthink it, and go like, like "Well, Tesco donate to people who do cancer research." Well, to as cancer in, as research. in, no, he, but no, but he would be like, "Well, someone could lose their job over that two pounds extra that was given." Like, he would then t- tell himself that, "Well, if the manager finds That's out, way there, too deep." Like, right? He would be like, "If the manager, he's like, if this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, and this happens, they could lose their job." Yeah, but then you're like hopscotching into eight different. That's like playing chess. You're playing mental chess, and exactly. you're playing ten pieces. Thing is, I know one of my friends would do that because he told me he has done that. He's admitted to it. He's admitted to be like, yeah, I, I, that's how he keeps himself from doing those immoral things. In his eyes, that are immoral. He would guilt himself into not doing those kinds of immoral things because he would find a way to make it impactful on an individual level so that he would no longer do it. Get, it. it makes sense, but I feel like it's way like that, too difficult. That, I feel like pedantic. You're, no, but not even that. I feel like, the men, like, like again, mental gymnastics to go that far <laughs> is mental. Exactly, yeah. Like, I can't. I don't see it as a, oh, this happens, so that happens. That I, to be honest, bro, part of me doesn't really care beyond that point. Beyond that point. I'd rather just give it back. Like, well, what's the what's the point of me trying to work out like all these things when if they're giving me extra, just instinctively just give it back. It shouldn't be yeah. a, like, let's go 10 years down the line, <laughs> see what's going on, see how the vibes are, maybe they realise something. Yeah. Oh, they've done it four <laughs> times this week. They got t- told off two days ago and you didn't even know about it. Like, I've got enough, like, you, imagine I, I just lie, I do do that about my own life, but, like, imagine, like, doing that for everyone else. Yeah. I feel like, I go crazy over thinking anyway. Yeah, you over-index on your own life already. Exactly. Like, and it's like, if I'm doing someone else's, then I'm finished. Yeah, man. So, I, I mean... But that's interesting, though. That is yeah, really interesting. I understand it. Yeah. Part of me gets it, because I understand that yeah. kind of side, because I overthink quite a lot, but it's like, I, I don't, I feel like certain things, you just need to be instinctive, or then you're just... In your own head too much. Yeah. Way too in your own head. I like how the contrast is you'd instinctively give it back, and I know myself, I'd instinctively pocket that straight away. I wouldn't give yeah, time for the change to be out on site. I'll put it straight into my pocket, because I want that £2. No, that's fair. But then, I'll donate, I'll, I'll give, off, no, I'll give a pound I mean, to a homeless you, person. You give like, it to, like, because exactly. I, I, w- I would feel guilty. 
I'm not saying I wouldn't feel guilty. There's a balance there. As yeah. much as like it, it, it probably should have gone back to Tesco. There's probably. a balance. It like, should. Ima- come. Imagine, but it, how about this though? What if you donated it back to Tesco and those little donations that they do? Then that's the same thing, though, isn't it? Donate to charity kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, of that in that sense of the word, yeah, I would. But again, I'm I'm selling myself. I'm selling myself. You know, a, a really specific set of scenarios that in which to make myself probably feel less guilty about it. Ultimately, I don't feel that guilty. You know, I'm not too bothered about it. I'd happily. I, I'm a student. I'm struggling for. I peace. think it's because there's not a massive significance. Yeah. The bur- if someone gave you extra twenty. Extra twenty. That's in burden. Even that, you know. That, even know. even even I would be like, yeah. what's this note doing here? Yeah, I, exactly. I bought a, I bought a Freddo. Why are you giving me twenty pound? Yeah, of course. No, like, so no, even then you I. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I feel like everyone has their own threshold, but like yeah. I feel like like it seems like to you some. Some of the uh, at a certain point is in it becomes significant and yeah, two there's like a, is a volta there. There's a volta there. Of course, of course. <sighs> but yeah, uh, that that's an interesting thing, and I, I'd love to hear what people think about that because I know it's good to see the the instinctive change that Manny and I have got, and of course the overthinking that our, a, a mutual friend of ours does sometimes do when it comes to it. But moving on, we did want to talk a little bit about some moral dilemmas. And pose those to each other because I love those kind of things. Really interesting. Man, I I got asked them recently and I'm like, oh, my do you remember? Head. Do you remember which one specifically you got asked? The train tracks one, man. Oh, the classic. The I, classic. I, I I said one, uh, over five. They said, what if one person? What if you have a significant relationship with them? Then what happens? No, but these added layers on the base okay. on the base ground level. It's do you make an action that kills someone, or do you do it an inaction? That kills five. That's that's at the baseline. It doesn't matter if you know them. Doesn't oh, okay. Matter. Like so that's the question. You are pulling the lever. You are the one murdering this person. Oh. You're pulling the lever. If you don't pull the lever, you are not doing anything. You're not involved at that point. But you know that five people have lost their lives in the trolley problem. And so it's whether can you deal with the fact that you've saved four people or five people, sorry, but you've killed one, or can you deal with the fact that you've not done anything, but five people have died on your watch, but you haven't killed anyone. That's what the that's, that's what the, ba- that's what the baseline trolley problem. But the thing is, you you've seen the person, you've seen the train tracks, so yeah, you know you have the power to yeah, do exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's when you have when you realize you have the power to intervene. I feel like you have to surely. So would you? In, so if you have the power to intervene, Manny, would you intervene? Yeah. What if one is like in terms of one like, is less than five. Yeah. Oh, now, if you have the power to intervene, one. surely surely you do it. But then, but then I would feel, mm, would I feel as, like, would it plague me as much? I think both would be, I think I'd be finished in both scenarios. Don't trauma, get 100%. Of course. 100%. Like, the like, trauma would be next like, level. Like, no, no. Bro, you wouldn't see yeah. me for weeks. I'll, I'll be in therapy. I don't think you see me for years, bro. No, true. Weeks, yeah, but I'm saying, I'm saying just generally, like, yeah. how I looked at it, just mathematically, one is greater than five. Oh, sorry, man's man, not good at maths. He didn't realize this man's this man's failing maths this year, fam. One is greater <laughs> no, than five. Don't yeah. say that. Oh, I've yeah. worked two maths. I right, touch wood, touch wood. This guy's good at maths. I'm clowning. Like, five is greater than one. Yeah. So, but I feel like if you have the power to intervene, like, is, isn't it not worse to like leave it and not do anything? I think it's. Actually, I think it's. I think it will kill kill you inside if you know you could have done something but you didn't. That is, yeah, yeah. That's thing. you could have done something but you didn't. I think the inact. I don't the think inaction people... is worse than actually like uh, even if the, uh, even if you might have like done something like work, not even worse but like done something like it would seem worse because you actually did it so you feel like you're the responsible for it mm-hmm. but uh, you'd feel even if you're less responsible you'll still be like messed up because you feel like the inaction was the reason why five people died. Well, what about this then? Let's let's change it a little bit. 
What if the five people were there playing on the train tracks and they weren't meant to be there? They're not supposed to be there. They're not allowed to. They climb some fences and they thought it would be fun to play on the train track. Whereas the one person is like tied down there and he's just like, he's been placed there to just to be left. At that point, you're killing someone who's just innocently been tied down and he's just been, been a victim versus five people who've gone off the tracks purposefully, knew the risks, but then do them what do you do? I know we're changing the question here now, but yeah, I'd like, I I like to see it. Though. What do you do then? Because it's the, that, at that point, it's the, our five people, it's their fault that they're there. And the one person, it's not their fault they're there and you're killing that one person anyway. Then it's, then it's a tough one. Is that still a matter of five is greater than one at that point? Because you can't say the five people deserve to die for climbing over a fence. But that one person definitely doesn't because they were a victim and they got kidnapped and tied down. I feel like when you have more information like that, then I can understand if no one wants to take action. Do you reckon not in action again? I know, I think, I know, in terms of, I'll take action the first time around, but this time yeah. around, I can understand why inaction would be a reason. Yeah. Because it would mess you up too much, man. Yeah. You'd rather do nothing to see where the train track goes at that point. Because it's someone else. Because then because the it's, not, is, it's someone else's fault. It's not your fault. It's their I, fault for going I, I onto think, the train tracks. Yeah, that's I, I, think, I think it's because how you phrased it. One person's completely innocent, so it makes sense to just save the innocent person. Yeah. But then you also, like, you run the risk of, like, killing five people, and it's mm-hmm. like, what would I do? It's a tough one. It's, it's, it's just about, for me, the whole thing comes back to responsibility are you responsible for that person's survival because it's their fault that they're there they're responsible for themselves at that point the five people who got onto the train tracks they know what they're getting themselves into so then you don't have responsibility to save themselves from their own idiocy by going on the train tracks but you could and you do have a, but then you would be res- completely responsible i, know, I'm for sorry. I, don't, I don't know, know man I don't know either. But, I feel like de- I understand if you wanted to say nothing. Yeah. And do nothing. Just let the train go where it goes. Do you know what? I think if this situation was to actually arise, I know myself, I'd freeze. I'd completely freeze up. I wouldn't, like, I would want to pull the lever and, and, and save the five, but I would, I, I would just freeze in that moment. I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, I'd be like, shit, what do I do? What do I do? And then time, time would run out and the, tra- and the train would yeah, just carry on where it was going. Yeah. yeah. But that's not out of, like, what I choose to do. That's what, instinctively, I think I would do. I don't do. know, man. I think that one's way, like... It's way, more com- it's way more convoluted than people think, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's very difficult to answer that, to be honest. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, that's uh, that's an interesting one. Hopefully, people listening can maybe have these conversations with people around them, too. Because I'm learning a lot about, you know... How, to be honest, about how I am and how Manny is, as well. From, yeah, no, From this one today, which is quite interesting. Just, yeah. <laughs> Um, but we also have another one that we wanted to discuss. Well, this one's a little bit more um, intimate in terms of relationships and, you know, those around you, your friendships, as well as um, someone else's close romantic relationship, perhaps. And the preposition goes like this. Your friend has excitedly shared they have a new love in their life. Unfortunately, you know that this person that they're, new, that they're now seeing is a narcissistic player who only stays with their partner as long as they're getting what they want from their relationship. Do you try to convince your friend to drop their new partner? Or do you let your friend learn a harsh lesson on their own and they'll let them find out about it on their, by themselves? Manny, over to you. What do you think? How, what would you do? Tell your mate. You tell them? Tell your mate. 
You tell them straight away. You know that much about them. You you tell your mate about what their track record is, and then you let them decide what they want to do. So you, you give them the information. Yeah. You don't leave yeah, them yeah, yeah. In the dark. Yeah. Because then it'll be like you. Because if you leave them in the dark and it happens, then you know it's you didn't give them what. You didn't give them the TLDR that they needed. That's true. And I think if you give someone information and they still proceed with that decision, then decision not on you then. Because you've yeah. done what you need to do. Exactly. You, you've done your due diligence yeah, as exactly. a friend to be exactly. like, well, because the, the question when we were doing some research for it was, do you convince them? And I think that's going around it the wrong way. I don't think yeah. you should convince them. I don't them. think you should give them an answer, really. I think it should be more of, this is what the person's like. This is how... Uh, they've been in their past relationships and I'm, I know about this because I might know them or I know what they're like and I know the other people they've been with. Yeah. I want you to be aware of this uh, information just as a heads up when you're into a relationship. I think that's good to tell your mate stuff like that or how you feel about it. Definitely, definitely. And then you say beyond this point it's up to you what you wish to do from this point onwards. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that one because, you know, you don't want to... Interfere. You don't need a mate in the dock. Yeah. You don't want to interfere too much, but you also don't want to leave your mate in the dock. Yeah, exactly. And it's again, as we talked about at the start of the episode, it's about balance, man. It's about finding that balance between things. It's, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to shortchange your friend and be like, well, and you also don't want it to come out that you knew about how this person was and you don't want your mate to be like, why didn't you tell me, you know? Why didn't you tell me about what they were like if you knew? And again, it's about you don't want to, pe- at least on my side of things, I don't want to get blamed. I hate getting blamed for stuff, especially when I didn't do it or when I feel like I've been, it's unjustified, the amount of, of blame course. or whatever. You don't only get blamed for it, so I'd want to let them know, as you said, let them know, be like, yo, this person isn't all that in terms of, their, you let them know their past record. Say, I hope you're really happy, I'm so happy for you, I'm glad you got this new relationship, but this person in the past has been like this. Hopefully, you can find a way to deal with it, find a way to change them, find a way to find out why they might be unfaithful to previous partners and why they might have been like this in previous relationships. All these things. But yeah, and I think also you give them information, but then you also understand from your side, like you're about to say, I'm assuming, like, this person can change. Yeah. There are reasons for these actions. Yeah. And perhaps prior, they weren't the person they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And this time around, they're willing to give it a go in a more sincere way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, regardless, whether it's your mate or not, you, st- you should... Maybe even if it isn't, I mean, you should probably still give someone a heads up. Yeah, yeah. Relationships can get complicated, and if they do get complicated and things like that happen, like you said, it's that thing earlier I said where socially, if you're there and you don't do something about it, you're kind of at fault as well. Exactly. And that's why I struggle with the answer with the second part of the the, the train one. Yeah. Because I feel like if you don't do anything, then it's you're you're still responsible. Yeah. So so it's not like. The pulling the lever was makes you responsible. That makes you responsible, but also not pulling the lever still makes you as responsible. Yeah, because yeah, you're yeah because you're avoiding responsibility. It's interesting seeing these more moralities and things yeah. like that, and seeing how, you know, we definitely agree on this, and seeing how much we disagree in terms of the change things. It shows you how there's such a fine line between morals because we're so on opposite sides of the spectrum when it comes to the change, but when it comes to this, we're very similarly, you know, similarly spoken about it, and I know that. A few of my friends would also echo even different sentiments and stuff like that. So that was, it's very interesting to see, definitely. And I, I really encourage you to have these kinds of conversations, of people listening, to have these kinds of conversations with those around you because it is interesting. It's quite insightful and you can find out more about your friends as well. No, 100%. I think, like, I haven't heard of these, like, dilemmas before in, like, a very long time. And it just feels so, like, weird to hear them and answering them because it's, like, it's so... It's such a mental challenge, but it also 
shows a lot about who you are as a person. So it's, it's, it was, I, I really enjoyed this episode. So I want to say a big thank you to the, one of our mates who actually requested this as an episode topic. And also the person I spoke to like a couple of weeks ago, just about morality and stuff. I mean, it was an interesting conversation and to piggyback off, especially talking about on the podcast with you, Joseph, it was a, it was nice to hear what you had to say. Yeah. It's really interesting like to get into someone else's mind and then, it's quite nice that we you were able to talk about someone else's perspective on it and what they said. So I feel like it was something a bit different. Yeah. I mean, the scenarios is awesome. Dude, the scenarios is cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because like, awesome. especially adding layers to it is interesting because 100%. you could keep doing it. You could keep adding more and more things and figuring out and finding out more nuances that are within people's brains and stuff like that. And so, you know, my girlfriend, she does psychology and she loves psychology. So I'm thinking about these things more and more and seeing how, how people think rather than what they just, just what they think about and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's, it's been a nice one to chat about. Definitely. And I've been happy to, to hear what you have to say. And I'd love to hear what other people have to say, get an insight of people's minds and how they work. Cause I, I love when we were sitting here and I was asking the second part of the trolley question to Manny. He just kind of sat there and just I like stroking and thought, his beard and thinking, thought. This man was, was thinking, thinking like, you know, it's, this, just, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Your, your mind takes you somewhere else with these yeah, questions. Cause then you weigh up so many different things. 100%. And, There's so many different variables and it's like, it's so hard to like pinpoint what, which ones are more, it's like ranking something of significance and it's so difficult with those. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, should should the people who went on the train track those five that were like tra- not I'm gonna say immoral but trespassing we'll say trespassing yeah trespassing does should that play a significant uh, role in your decision making and you have to rank exactly that. oh there's so, much to, so much, there's much to it there's so much to it so ho- hopefully people listening can also have these conversations and think about it themselves and yeah have a have a good conversation with, with people around them, but unless you've got anything yeah. more to I was going to say, like, with the scenarios, if anyone wants to chime in on that as well, please do. feel free to do so on the, on, uh, and get a hold of us on Instagram because that's pretty much where we check all the messages and get our ideas from. So if anyone has something interesting or have, like, another question that you want us to say for the following episode, <laughs> that would be really cool and yeah. really appreciate if anyone can get a hold of us. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, without further ado, this we have been the official DMC podcast. We are the DMC on Spotify and at the official DMC podcast on Instagram. We upload episodes every Sunday at six thirty p.m. Uh, we'll be resuming normal uh, normal uh, uploads uh, very shortly. You know, it's been a hectic past couple of weeks to say the least. So we'll be doing that. You know, hopefully resuming at to normal as usual. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Manny, for joining me. Thank you to all of our lovely listeners recommending topics. And and I did want to mention we always we usually do give uh, anonymous shout outs to our listeners. But my girlfriend she really wanted to be um, n- what's the opposite of anonymous? She wanted to be well known. Well known that she recommended one of the episodes. So uh, th- th- thank you to her for recommending episode fifteen. Uh, episode season two, episode fifteen. She made yeah. sure I mentioned that. So <laughs> big shout out to her. And shout out to all the people listening and all of you recommending things. Um, Yeah, it's been DSC Podcast, signing off.